Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, ethics, part two. Like last week, this week we're including our ethics career tools cast in our Manager Tools feed because of the importance of ethics in professional management. So here you go with your extra cast. Well, if you can't cheat, you obviously can't steal, right? Taking things that don't belong to you, whether it's a pencil from the stationary cupboard for your child to draw with at home, or computer systems, or software, or cash, it's all wrong. Yeah, and stealing is a form of cheating, right? It's just a particular monetary form of cheating. It's a it's putting value on the thing that you're cheating about. And the problem is, if you can justify cheating on your expenses to yourself you know, you can get in a situation where you can justify larger uh, scale cheating and then you grind up against the wheels that have enormous consequences like the story I just mentioned. And if you start to steal, you can't argue when other people do it, when when people do something vague on their expense report. Uh, I'll never forget working for a guy once who would go to a coffee shop and He would buy a cup of coffee, ask for his receipts, and pick up all the loose receipts at the coffee shop so that he could submit them as having used them. And it ended up being, I mean, this was 25 years ago, and it was, what, a cup of coffee was a buck? And he would get three or four extra bucks, two days, three days a week on a business trip, 50 days a year. We're talking about a total of maybe $100 or $200 a year that this person was benefiting and the company would have to reimburse him for. And you have to assume, unless the person was totally morally bankrupt, which no one is completely morally bankrupt, you have to assume he died a little death every time he did it. And as we've said before on air, the tragedy in life is not the death you go through at the very end, folks. It's the thousands, the millions of little deaths we die along the way. It's just wrong. And if you want to have credibility and clarity later in your career, when you're making big decisions, one of the choices you have could benefit you distinctly and considerably. If you want to be above reproach, you have to have created a pattern of behavior that has been above reproach. And, you know, you get a benefit if you steal. You make a couple of bucks or 50 bucks or 100 bucks. You do. And it's uh, there, there are no victimless crimes, if you will, but We have to be moral enough to accept that the benefit of doing the truthful thing when, in fact, one knows one can get away with the untruthful thing or the lying or the cheating or the stealing, you have to, we have to teach ourselves the benefit is the moral sense to say that I did a good thing and I'm going to pat myself on the back. Now, there are people who are so moral and so ethical that they don't think that way at all. But if you need help and you're wondering, Pat yourself on the back for doing the right thing and create, rather than a vicious cycle um, to making bigger bad choices, a virtuous cycle where you pat yourself on the back enough that you realize, gee, I behaved my my way into being a pretty good guy here (laughs) with or without the moral sense. Let's talk about tolerating behaviors in others because I think that's the part that folks have a real difficult time with. They say, well, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. But that's a personal decision. If somebody else decides to engage in that behavior, it's not my role to play the role of policeman in the organization. Yeah. 
<laughs> of course, the toleration, I having worked at, uh, at WorldCom at, at some point, my disaster of a story, I know firsthand what happens when people tolerate that kind of behavior, right? I mean, right. literally a disaster. The livelihood of tens of thousands of people destroyed. You know, yeah. retirement's destroyed. I mean, just incredible. I think there are people listening right now, Mike, who would say, yeah, in your, in your case, an enormous uh, just destruction of so much wealth and security and essentially giving a lie to hundreds of thousands of man years of work previously building up MCI. But I think there's something else in there, too, uh, that we have to say, because this cast is going to be, we're going we're to release this cast both for Career Tools and Manager Tools as a, and a special feed in the Manager Tools feed as well. But I, I think the danger is, if you have power, I think there are a lot of times when people who work for you who have less power than you, they would not have to tell themselves they're tolerating your behavior. If you lie, you create risk for them, which of course eats away at the very fiber of the organization because they wonder what existential risk to their career there could be for standing up to you and saying, hey, what you're doing is wrong. People are just afraid to say, as the saying goes, to speak truth to power. They're afraid to say, even that doesn't make sense or worse, what you're suggesting cheats our customers and it's wrong. Or, no, what you're doing there is a pyramid scheme and, and I won't be part of it. I'm sorry. I think a lot of times nowadays, I know people who have left companies quietly because they saw a moral questionability in terms of strategic or operational decisions. And it's almost too bad that, I mean, other people who knew what they did applauded them for it. And we've gotten to the point now where our, our society is so complex and there's so many layers around how we feel about one another and what we can do and who might be offended and how to be polite and how not to be disrespectful that what ends up happening is we actually celebrate people who simply choose not to confront the banality of evil or something that's done that's morally or ethically wrong, and they simply leave the organization, which to a degree is a moral choice. It's a professional choice, but it may not be as powerful, obviously, as saying, no, what you're doing is wrong, and, and that's why I'm leaving, or what you're doing is wrong, and I intend to stay, and I intend to make sure that because I care about this organization that you don't get to do it anymore. But it's fair to say that there are plenty of people listening right now that either A, underestimate the power that their role has and when they cheat, don't realize the sense that they're putting their, their directs in, in harm's way. But also there are people listening whose bosses do that and who are genuinely scared and don't know how to speak truth to power or don't know how to do the calculus of is that a risk worth taking? You know, what, what if my spouse is pregnant? Or what if I have a newborn baby and I can't afford to lose my job, but I'm afraid if I speak truth to power, if I tell my boss I believe what he's doing is wrong, I'll lose my job. And then, you know, I could affect my family. I could be, be in a very difficult situation. And it goes back to, right, can you use ethics even when you get hurt? Can you make the moral choice even when you get hurt? But I think a lot of people, I would like to tell you that we would not find fault with you, Mike and I, Manager Tools, Career Tools, Wendy and Maggie and I and Danny. We would not find fault with you if you quietly resigned rather than speaking up. We would encourage you to speak up, but we understand the calculus 
of balancing your career's existential risk with speaking truth to power and having that person simply fire you summarily and not even begin to question whether or not they're going to change their behavior. Um, We respect that you might choose to go somewhere else, but we would like to suggest in this cast that our recommendation is, please, whatever you do, recognize now that at any time you could be working for somebody like that as much as it pains us to say it, but let's rule number nine, let's embrace reality. And that means you better have six months of cash on hand and you better have your resume ready and you better have your network strong by staying in touch with them. The ethical response to a professional career in the modern world where unfortunately deviancy has been defined downward and stealing $5 is really not even stealing anymore. It's just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no big deal. Whereas a number of years ago, it was considered beyond the pale to even think about being off by a penny. The modern world has created a, a situation where we would not find it repugnant for you to choose to simply back away from the decision and choose to go somewhere else simply because of the tightrope you're on. So we're going to tell you tolerating lying, cheating, steal, stealing in other people is, is wrong. And yet we understand that one way to not tolerate it is choose to not be a part of it. And this does not mean that therefore, a la the example I gave about the movie tickets, We know that your boss has a great deal more power than that situation, and there isn't necessarily an entirely functioning subsystem of your organization that will protect you, even if there are whistleblower laws. But we would like to say that it's not enough to simply be ethical yourself. You have to be willing to stand up for ethics when others are not. And we also understand that that may mean that the way of standing up for it is simply to step away from it. And the best way to steal yourself for that, you know, is um, be ready for making a career change when you might least expect it, simply because you realize the culture you're in or the person you're working for could embrace unethical behavior and you couldn't put your head in your pillow and tolerate it. So, you know, it might be good. I mean, you, you, you taught. I mean, you totally, you're, one of the things you did when we were at school is you fundamentally rewrote the training about how cadets learn about the honor code. You initiated, I, I remember learning scenarios and having to be taught, having to teach scenarios. I, I was in beast barracks twice and I had to teach honor classes. Talk a little bit about not because we're suggesting the honor code is the only way to be because we're two West Pointers, but we're trying to give some similes, some, some metaphors or some ideas for people as they try to live professional lives of integrity. Talk about, uh, about, about the questions. I remember there were questions at, at, at school. Yeah. So if you're, if you're getting ready to take some action, these are the questions we recommended folks go through. And I think they serve as a good basis for really evaluating whether or not what you're doing is unethical, whether it be lying, cheating, or stealing. These are, these are broader questions. The first question is, does this action attempt to deceive anyone or allow anyone to be deceived? I love the second part of that, by the way. I, I do love too. the I allow well. anyone to be deceived. The number of times that people say, well, it's not lying, it's passive. If they draw that conclusion, well, they draw that conclusion. Yeah, that's their problem. No, absolutely. And, and if, if you ta- you're taking action by omitting data or information that then allows somebody to be deceived, we classify that as a lie. It's a quibble. That's the, the official yeah, term. Yeah, it's a quibble. We call it. Yeah. Right? 
And you know what? I, I just saw, speaking of that, I just saw a recent situation where a famous person in America was prosecuted and, and senior prosecutors working at the highest level of the Justice Department have been sanctioned or could be sanctioned because they purposely withheld evidence, which is part of the, the legal code in America that you have to share evidence if you're a prosecutor. And apparently one of the quotes was, you know, well, we really didn't know we had it. And they seem to be along this line. And, and it occurs to me, I know this will sound terrible to some of you, but it's shocking to me that the legal profession, which which takes very seriously its its ethical underpinnings, is the, the sort of the sinews that hold it together. This person was at the very top and seemed to have forgotten that it doesn't matter whether or not you intentionally did it or not. If the outcome is other people were deceived or misled by your actions or lack of actions, it's wrong, right? Yeah. That it's funny that we're going to talk about the ends justify the means when in fact, in this situation, it doesn't matter what your means were. If the ends are the likely deception of somebody else, you have to behave differently by definition. Yeah. It's really living to a higher standard, right? It's not about what yeah. you're losing. It's, it's the, the higher standard of deception and complete yeah. truthfulness, right? And omitting data is not complete truthfulness. Yeah. So the second question we ask folks to consider, does this action gain or allow gain of a privilege or advantage to which I or someone else would not otherwise be entitled? One of the things I've, I've noticed here is that traveling alone, it is very easy. You find yourself in situations all the time where service people cab drivers or flight attendants or airline employees or hotel employees are put in situations where you are able to say things that no one else can validate. It cannot be proven false or true, not just in the moment, but at any time. And I'll tell you, I'm amazed at the number of stories I hear of younger people saying, oh, well, you know, if there's a problem, I immediately say, you know, something like, I've been traveling all day and, and I triple check this. There's no way my assistant could have been wrong. We have policies and procedures. I couldn't have done that. You have to give me an upgrade. And they use the combination of power, customer role power, and a bunch of white lies. And the benefit is a little bit bigger hotel room or something like that. In fact, I'm in a hotel recording this right now. And they made a, a pretty big mistake. And, you know, I, I trust people who make reservations for me and they said well sir but but you know i couldn't be 100 percent sure and, and so when they said well we'll take some dollars off your bill i said no you you don't have to do that i was worried that maybe somebody would tell me after the fact that oh actually that's the reservation we made and we made the error and it's wrong for me to say to the, to a hotel staff i know it's you who made the area and made the error right because that's based on a belief of something that i didn't see right? And it would be one thing to say, I'm sure my assistant does this right. She does it this way all the time. She's brilliant. But then the hotel does things right all the time too. And that's a small example in my life. I'm not a paragon of virtue all the time. I've made my share of mistakes that as a cadet would be looked down upon. I regret them. And yet, I think a lot of times young people don't realize perhaps because of who they're working for or because it's okay or it's a victimless crime or nobody's hurt or the hotel has plenty of money or the big company has plenty of money, that therefore 
this question about do I get an advantage, which I wouldn't be entitled, you know, a bigger hotel room, or is, is someone being deceived? You may think I'm not deceiving them. I'm telling them something that I believe to be true. But if you're getting an advantage out of it, you believing something to be true and using that as a technique to get something more than what you perhaps are entitled to is unacceptable. It's, you, you know, you're sliding down a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. All right. Third question we ask folks to consider. Would I be unsatisfied by the outcome if I were on the receiving end of this action? Right? So put yourself in the other person's shoes. Or there, and, and there might be several yeah. folks involved, but are any of the folks involved in this particular decision or action you're getting ready to take, would you be satisfied if you were in their shoes? If the answer is yeah, no, exactly. you've got to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So does this action, and by the way, it says, it, the first question is, Am I attempting, it does not say, am I attempting to deceive someone? It says, does this action attempt to deceive anyone or allow anyone to be deceived? I think that's really important. And I think you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Would I be unsatisfied by the outcome if I were on the receiving end? And you know what? Those are, those are words to live by. So thanks, dude. That's good. I, I remember that. I remember doing that stuff at school and thinking, you know, it's one thing to teach somebody to fire an M16. It's another thing to teach close order drill. It's another you start teaching ethics, you better be good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about it's possible in your career that you're going to get fired. And getting fired isn't fun regardless of why you got fired, right? And we right. felt the fear of, like, how am I going to buy groceries for my family, right? I mean, you felt that. Yeah. You've shared several yeah. times that you've been fired. And it's, it's not a lot, of, a lot of fun, even with somebody yeah. with your degree of self-confidence, right? Um, and so we wouldn't, like, we wouldn't recommend getting fired to anyone. We'd never encourage you to go around and j- j- work to get fired. Yet, we'd recommend getting fired rather than being unethical every single time. That's how seriously we consider ethics. Yeah. But, you know, I'll tell you what. Wendy puts it great. She, when we were talking about this cast a while ago, she said, the problem here with lying to keep your job, or the converse, get, being willing to be fired and that's the important thing, being willing to be fired for doing the right thing. The problem with thinking about it, I think in the modern professional world is people have such a big concern when they, if they were to get fired that they won't be able to get another job. But the problem is people let that concern convince them to stay in a situation where you're being asked to to behave unethically. And then if in fact you behave unethically and it becomes obvious that you behave unethically, folks, you're not going to be able to get another job because of that. Depending upon how the situation spins out or plays out, you may very well, in, in certain smaller societies or, or more closed industries or closer-knit industries, you'll be known as the person who cheated. And you won't be able to get a job for that reason as well. And I have to tell you something. You'll be surprised. Wendy and I talk about this too. You'll be surprised how dismissive hiring managers can be of someone someone's firing. In other words, I'm not really worried about your fired. I like you being fired. I like you. People get fired all the time. I've decided you're good. And it was probably your old boss. There are people, I remember when I got fired, I talked to a couple of people, you know, determining my, my options. One guy said, I'll fire you. I'll hire you just because he fired you. You know, I've got a job for you. I mean, it was, it was that clear because the person who fired me was not respected. So it's okay to get fired for being ethical. And remember, the danger is being unethical and then poisoning the well forever and ever and ever. 
Um, look, when, when somebody asks, why did you leave your last job? You can say, I was asked to do something unethical. I said no, and I was fired. And my boss and I disagreed about what was ethical or not, obviously, uh, and I lost. The great thing about that answer is that the gossip and the hiring manager will be desperate to ask what happened. And yet at the same time, it's socially unacceptable to do so. So nine out of of 10 times, the interviewer won't get into it. But I have to tell you, in the one out of 10 times, if you tell the story, you know, just make sure you've rehearsed your story so it comes across clearly and crisply so it doesn't appear as if you're making it up on the fly because they're going to look at you very, very carefully as a utilities person once did when a, somebody I know went up to him and said, how do you get credit in this town? And the guy looked at him through the w- window of the service desk and said, well, are you honest? <laughs> you you want to be, be clear in your answer to that one uh, if you want to get credit at that place. So it's okay to be fired. It's not easy. We're not saying this is easy, but it is okay to be fired because you refused to do something unethical. It is. It's hard, but make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. And if you decide that you couldn't do that, I promise you folks, if you ever work for somebody who you, whose ethics you question, you will live in dread and it will take months, if not years off your life to be thinking, when am I going to ask to be doing some, do something unethical? And then I'm going to have to do it because I'm too afraid to quit or get fired because I won't do it. That's a long, difficult life. Let's talk about the statement, don't justify the means by the ends. Right. The end justifying the means, well... It doesn't work, right? And in particular in this case. Yeah. To tell you the truth, dude, I actually think this one's getting worse. And uh, it may just really? be because I'm getting older. Well, in, in general, in, in terms of society. In, in general. Terms, yeah. yeah. And I'll give, you, I'll give you two examples. Politics and reality TV. Mm. You know, I have to say, I, I, I wrote a note to some people recently, form of guidance. I said, the short answer is, TV is bad and reality TV is really bad, even corrosive. You know, I was shocked when I first saw the TV show Survivor come out. Outwit, outlast, outplay or something. And it was literally about, there was a form of cheating that wasn't considered cheating. It was just gamesmanship. Same thing's true on The Apprentice shows and, and other reality shows, it uh, seems like. And in politics, you know, you everybody knows that you start out in a, in a primary You know, in the U.S., if you're a Republican or Democrat, you tell the people in the primary, in the first part, the people only Republicans or Democrats will be voting for you. I'm, you know, I'm to the right or I'm to the left. And then you ignore all that. And, well, campaign promises, the actual joke is a campaign promise isn't actually a promise. It is a campaign promise, which is a law unto itself, which means you don't have to do it. Exigencies in the job will allow you to be able to say, well, I promise that, but the situation has changed. When you know darn well that's what you're going to do in advance because you just want to get elected and the ends justify the means. You know, we've said before that admitting mistakes and apologizing are actually not signs of weakness, but if you're insecure, they seem that way. They're actually signs of strength. There's no need to lie when you make a mistake. Lying to cover up a mistake is the wrong way to go. Instead, you admit it and fix it. It's not okay to lie to a customer so that you get a bonus. Even if you don't benefit directly and in your team makes its numbers because you did that and you say, well, the customer wouldn't buy 
if they didn't believe that this was going to benefit them and my lies not g- directly germane to what they're doing. And so they're going to get benefit. And there's enough profit margin built into our product that even if they don't think it's as beneficial as we do, they're still going to feel I paid less in cash for this than I got out of it in benefit. So therefore it's okay. Those things, the ability to look the other way when you behave in a bit of an unethical way, um, they start small and then they get bigger. And then you're in a situation where you're caught and your career can be ruined without you knowing it. So it's not okay to cheat just to get through a silly sexual harassment test, right? It's not okay to throw your colleague under a bus because your promotion is important to you or because you know that he's not a good guy and you're better with the team and so you need to be leading the team. And so therefore, you're going to fib a little bit. He's going to get in trouble. You're going to get the promotion. And because the end is better for you benefiting, you leading the team rather than him, it's okay to throw him under the bus. It's just wrong. That is the exact opposite of an ethical or moral sense. The ends never justify the means. It's simple. You don't want to break your ethical code to benefit because the whole point of ethical codes is we benefit simply by behaving ethically. And the moment you step away from what is the ethical benefit of what I'm doing, you allow your ethical code to just be another one of the factors in making a decision, as opposed to it being a black and white, clear guiding principle or true north, if you will. I'm willing to engage in all kinds of behaviors to help the organization get what it wants, but none of them can be a violation of my moral code. And, and folks, let's say something else. We know that when we ask you to do this, many people around you will tell you, don't listen to them because that's old fashioned. Or, you know what? Be careful because if you behave that way, there'll be chances for you to get ahead in life that you won't be able to take. And they'll be right. There'll be times where you will know that no one will ever be able to tell that what you did was right or wrong. No one. And only you will be able to tell. And that's why the philosopher said that tragedy in life is not the death at the end, but the thousand little deaths you go through along the way. And if you're willing to do it, assume, always assume, when it comes to ethical behavior, project your ethics upon a bunch of other people around you and ask you, how would it feel to be surrounded by people who did what you're doing at that moment all the time? And I think what you discover is it would dishearten you enough to to rethink that small benefit that you're getting. It's just wrong. And sometimes just doing the right thing ought to be enough, including not having the ends justify the means. Like I hope folks don't get the mistaken impression that we're trying to lecture folks. We've been talking about, you know, the the underpinning we we've assumed in our shows the underpinnings of good ethics for managers and professionals and we just felt it's yeah. time to get it on the table for folks to understand where we're coming from and don't leave people with the impression that ethics aren't important or or aren't worth talking about it is worth talking about one of the things we do when we do the effective communications conference is we share everybody's profile everybody's behavioral profiles has positives and negatives And there's a line in mine that always hurts my feelings. I've been doing this for 25 years. It still hurts my feelings. And yet I stand up in front of the group and I admit that I can understand why people would would think that about me and and hurts and I try to be better. And hopefully the shame of doing so is a guide to me and a goad to me. And folks, look, we have a line in this podcast which says lying to cover up a mistake is the wrong way to go. Folks, I admit it. 
I've lied to cover up mistakes. I'm not proud of it. I'm, I'm human. I regret it every time. Um, there have been times I go, why, why did you do that? You're just, you're such an idiot, Horseman. God, you're going to be miserable about this. And believe me, it's no fun admitting it and having hundreds of thousands of people listen. And folks, I'm not asking you to write me and say, good job, wow, really, really courageous thing to do. I'm not being courageous. I'm just admitting that I was craven. And part of life as a human being is the ability to make a mistake, stare it in the face and say, I'm going to do better next time. And when you do it again the next time, when you do it wrong the next time, saying, I'm going to do it again next time. This, the moral sense to say, I have made mistakes. I am embarrassed. I'm not perfect. And I will try to do better uh, is perhaps the most important thing of all. We're not asking you to be perfect. We're asking you to acknowledge that you will be tempted. That if you'll pardon the expression that sin does exist and you are going to fail. And a professional doesn't say I will never fail. A professional says when I fail, I'm going to do better the next time. And I will never lose sense of what I know is right and wrong. And if you fail too often and you stop trying to get better, you will lose your sense of right and wrong. And when that happens, you will gradually create a situation where suddenly the world will smack you in the face. And you won't have six months of pay. You'll lose your job. Your family will suffer. You'll be ashamed of yourself for years and years and years to come. And you'll rob the world of your talents. All because you thought that the ends justified the mean or a little bit of lying or a little bit of cheating or a little bit of stealing was okay. And the regrets that I feel and I'm sure many of you feel aren't worth it. And uh, we'll continue to get better. We're not perfect. Uh, Mike's probably more perfect than me. <laughs> not um, hardly. He was known that way at school. And uh, uh, we're not asking you to be perfect. We're asking you to be better tomorrow than you are today. Uh, and that's what makes you a professional. And we're proud to do this and embarrassed that when we're not perfect – but we'll also be the first to, to set an example that the embarrassment we feel ought to be a guide to you. That's it. Well said, my friend. Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, check out the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums. Hope to see you there. So long, folks. Music.